0: Hello and welcome to this week's Cosmic Creating Show. My name is Jan Shaw, the Success Alchemist. You can find me at Successalchemist.net, on Facebook and YouTube, Jan Shaw, the Success Alchemist, and on Twitter at Coach Jan Shaw. Today is the 3rd of February, 2024, and the title of today's show is Second American Revolution, Farmers Protest, Who Knew? So in this show, I'm going to be concentrating on a mix of U.S. and European news. Uh, ben Fulford, as usual, has an interesting report, and he covers things across the world, so it gives us a global perspective on things. And this week's report is titled, The Second American Revolution Has Begun, God Bless Texas. Texas. And again, it was published on Monday, so there's been more news to follow this. But it's a pretty good overview of things that are happening, which have a very positive feel to them. And as usual, use your own discernment. I'm not saying everything is true in this report, but I did douse on it and I got a very strong answer that the majority of it is true. So obviously I can't tell you which is and which isn't, but uh, it's a good confirmation that what Ben is sharing is pretty good stuff. So here's the article, the official defiance by Texas Governor Greg Abbott of illegal orders coming from the fake U.S. President Joe Biden and the blackmail compromised Supreme Court marks the opening shots of the second American Revolution. This is part of a worldwide revolution against satanic Khazarian mafia rule. In France and other parts of Europe, farmers with tractors, the modern equivalent of peasants with pitchforks, are on the warpath against the KM-controlled puppet governments. Russia too is finally preparing to march into Western Europe and destroy the Nazi infestation there. In the Middle East, the UK has officially withdrawn the Balfour Declaration, meaning Israel as it currently exists is finished. In China too, the Communist Party is facing an unprecedented crisis as its real estate-based financial system implodes. There is also a revolution brewing in Iran as KM puppet Supreme Leader Ayatollah Khomeini is being replaced, according to Iranian sources. There's a lot to cover, so let's start with the situation in the United States. The move by Texas and 27 other states to send the National Guard to the Mexican border in defiance of the illegitimate Biden regime is revolutionary. What the patriots need to understand, though, is that by trying to stop the illegal flow of military age males into the U.S., they are only fighting one arm of the octopus, They also need to understand the KM Deep State is hoping to manipulate this event into starting a civil war in the U.S. in order to cancel elections and stay in power. No matter what, though, there is no way the KM will force Americans to fight each other in a civil war. Let's face it, nobody is going to fight for the fake Biden to ensure that cross-dressing middle-aged males can use girls' bathrooms. In any case, the main problem is not in Texas. As Archbishop Carlo Vigano warns, the city of the devil is clearly identifiable in the new world order, the United Nations, the World Economic Forum, the European Union, the World Bank, the International Monetary Fund, and in all those so-called philanthropical foundations that follow an ideology of death, disease, destruction and tyranny. These groups gather in Davos, Switzerland to openly declare that they want to reduce the world population through organized wars, famines and plagues. To achieve victory, patriots everywhere need to target the head of the octopus. This is located in the area around Lake Geneva, Switzerland. Arms of the octopus are found in places like Silicon Valley, Apple, Microsoft, Google, Meta, etc., Washington, D.C., Victoria Newland, Elliot Abrams, etc., Tel Aviv, Benjamin Netanyahu and his fellow war criminals, and Tokyo, Japan, the so-called Japan handlers under fake ambassador Ram Emanuel. Patriots have rallied behind the Commander-in-Chief and President Donald Trump of the Republic of the United States to fight these people, Patriots also need to realize Trump has been the target of a sophisticated disinformation campaign using a fake Trump. The fake Trump is acting like a Pied Piper, telling people stuff they want to hear, like he will, quote, drain the swamp, end quote, while forcing toxic vaccines on them. The real Trump was always opposed to vaccines because his own son was damaged by them. He is the one who appears with Melania. So if you get a chance to ask Trump a question, ask him if the vaccine pushers should be arrested and tried for war crimes. The real one will say yes. Former British Prime Minister Boris Johnson says, In the cocktail parties of Davos, I am told, the global wokerati have been trembling so violently that you could hear the ice tinkling in their Negronis at the prospect of Trump. The Soros family, in league with legacy media outlet The Atlantic, has now publicly issued a veiled non-verbal threat of assassination against President Donald J. Trump. It was done in an image with a single bullet, one shot through protective glass, person of interest, and 47 U.S. dollars. Trump, if elected, will become the 47th President of the United States on the visible note, will pay to bearer on demand, i.e. hired job. Meanwhile, an avatar pretending to be George Soros appears to have experienced a stroke on live television while giving his speech at the WEF. Clearly, they are mortally worried. In any case, the National Guard troops gathering at the Mexican border should head for Silicon Valley, New York and Washington, D.C., and look for criminals like Soros because these are the people paying the illegal immigrants to invade the U.S. They need to arrest mass murdering criminals like Bill Gates and force the tech companies and puppet leaders to tell the truth about things like the mass torture and murder of children. Senator Chuck Grassley, Republican Iowa, is on the case saying, My office is working to identify as many missing children as possible in hopes they can be found and saved. I expect the cooperation of DHS as well as the full cooperation of HSI, FBI, HHS and any NGOs involved in this critical mission. It is our moral duty to do all we can to rescue children who may have endured sexual abuse or forced labour. There has also been significant white hat military action to purge the Pentagon of Satanists. The announcement that Lieutenant Colonel Michael Aquino, former head of U.S. Special Forces and founder of the Temple of Set, committed suicide is a sign of this. This creature was extremely evil. He was also very powerful and influential at the highest levels of the deep state military industrial complex global intelligence agencies and Hollywood, CIA sources say. We were told he was killed several years ago, but this formal announcement of his death is meant as a public signal. KM-controlled traitor Mark Milley, meanwhile, is sitting in Gitmo waiting for public tribunals. The way is being prepared with reports he ordered the National Guard to stand down when the January 6th PSYOPs was staged. The removal of General Mark Milley signaled the start of the ongoing purge of Pentagon officials involved in the vaccine mass murder and other crimes, Pentagon sources confirm. So if you're in the military or a police enforcement agency, present your commanding officer with evidence the vaccines were murder and ask him to take this up the chain of command. As soon as you reach someone who tries to stop inquiries into this, you will have identified a traitor. Treason is punishable by death. Remember, these people are actively trying to kill you and your family and you are legally entitled to self-defense. In any case, the military purges are in preparation for a financial black swan event that will remove the Satanists' main source of power, the control of money. As this report was about to go live, MI6 called to inform us a huge financial domino has fallen with the collapse of Barclays Bank. This will lead to a Tuesday layman event, according to MI6. UK hedge fund Cube seems to know something is about to happen because it amassed a short bet of more than $1 billion against top German companies, including Volkswagen and Deutsche Bank. The European Central Bank, for its part, confirms it asks banks to detect a worsening in sentiment which could lead to a deposit run. Once the big US and European banks like JP Morgan and Deutsche Bank, etc., go down, the Federal Reserve Board and its entire system of Babylonian debt slavery will end. In a sign this really is a revolution, angry French farmers have brought the nation to a standstill by blocking major roads with enormous convoys of tractors. In a display of solidarity, truck access has also been blocked to the port of Calais, preventing the transportation of goods to the United Kingdom. Farmers in Germany and Poland were also out protesting against the European Union. Some staged a protest in Brussels, home to the EU's headquarters, which shows they are fed up. Also, radical right parties are on course to finish first in nine countries, including Austria, France and Poland. It's a revolt, says Veronique Lefloch, the president of Rural Coordination. In a sign of real European views, a Hungarian survey shows 98% of respondents support the anti-Ukrainian policy of the Hungarian government, in particular regarding the war in Ukraine. It looks like Russia is getting ready to come to the rescue of Europe. The Russian Duma, or Parliament, will present the French Parliament evidence of French military operations against Russia staged in the Ukraine. Officially, France is not engaged in military operations in Ukraine, but supports the latter by providing it with weapons. If French soldiers were involved in the fighting, The French Republic will be at war with the Russian Federation, Maison notes. If NATO isn't in Ukraine, then why are there 60 French soldiers there and why are they shooting inside Russian borders in addition to the war in Ukraine? The Russians are also filing formal criminal charges against the Ukrainian regime for deliberately shooting down a Russian aircraft carrying 64 Ukrainian prisoners of war for exchange. The Russian official Tass News Agency says the European Union does not have the necessary defense potential to independently confront Russia. For example, the Belgian military is so short of ammunition and funding that soldiers will, quote, have to throw stones, end quote, shortly after the start of any conflict. In a sign Russia is getting ready for war, President Vladimir Putin promised, we will do everything to stop and completely eradicate Nazism. Supporters of the Nazi torturers, whatever they are called today, are doomed to extermination. The Nazi NATO on Wednesday said some 90,000 troops will take part in the months-long Steadfast Defender 24 to practice for war against Russia. But this is a joke. The fact is the US military has already agreed to hand over security control of Western Europe to Russia and will not fight Russia to protect the Nazi EU. This ties in with what Asian secret society sources are saying – about some sort of March financial stroke political reset after the year of the wood dragon begins in mid-February. The wood dragon represents vitality, creativity, success, intelligence and honour in Chinese culture. First, though, the old system has to be imploded, and that is what is happening even in China, as this headline shows – China's stock markets have lost over $6 trillion as economic woes deepen. Also, the Rockefeller-linked Evergrande, the world's most indebted developer with more than $300 billion of total liabilities, has been ordered to liquidate by a Hong Kong court. This will create a domino effect that will wipe out the current Chinese banking system. In a sign of ongoing crisis management, Chinese Premier Li Qiang and Vice Premier Ding zui I'm not sure if that's pronounced properly, probably not, are asking for help from experts in various fields, business people and representatives from sectors such as education, scientific research, culture, health and sports, calling for increased confidence and courage to face challenges and difficulties. So the official Xinhua news agency says the CCP is seeking help from outside of the party. The fact is China needs a jubilee type event just like the West does. Getting back to the West, many signs of the old system being torn down continue to emerge. In Canada, a federal court ruled Crime Minister Justin Castrudeau's use of the Emergency Act in 2022, to punish protesting truckers was both unreasonable and unconstitutional. This prompted then Justice Minister David Lametti to resign from Parliament. Now the way is being cleared for the arrest of what Tucker Carlson calls the mentally deficient fascist Christia Freeland and Castrudeau to be arrested. In Australia, meanwhile, former Prime Minister Scott Morrison, who oversaw the ruthless lockdowns and test and trace protocols in Australia, is resigning from politics. He may be taken into custody by the Alliance and head to Gitmo. Spending time with the church community is a dead giveaway, a Pentagon source says. Now Jeff DeWitt, head of the Republican Party in Arizona, has been forced to resign after he was recorded trying to bribe Trump ally Carrie Lake not to run for Senate. Trump opponent Nikki Haley is sure to be next. Vivek Ramaswamy warns that Nikki Haley is Hillary Clinton on steroids. Shortly after she resigned as UN ambassador in 2018, Her husband started the military contracting firm Allied Defense, LLC. If you are running for president, tell us who the damn clients are of the military contractor that you started presumably using your connections from the UN. She starts working on the board of Boeing, receiving secretive speaking fees from foreign actors while also running a military contracting firm. Think about it. So now the Satanists are apparently hoping former First Lady Michelle Obama could be a potential 2024 contender. What do Joe Biden and Michelle Michael Obama have in common? And it shows a video of uh, Michelle, or should we say Michael, adjusting his private parts quite obviously as he's exiting a building. It says it all. So it looks like the Democrats are officially finished. What we still need to see, though, is arrests over the vaccine murders. This is coming as even the legacy media is now reporting on the dangers of the COVID-19 vaccines after billions of DNA fragments were found in each dose. Now, Dr. Pierre Corrie, for his part, reports 158,000 more Americans died in the first nine months of 2023 compared to the same period in 2019, surpassing all American fatalities in every war since Vietnam. The excess deaths are affecting young working-age people, not the elderly. No wonder the EU Parliament voted 349 to 254 against the publication of their contracts with Pfizer. This is what it looks like when murderers are in power. First they murder and then they vote against revealing their murders, Polish intelligence sources say. So patriots take note, this is mass murder and enslavement, certainly a bigger problem than illegal immigrants. Speaking about mass murder, the UN's International Court of Justice ordered Israel to ensure its forces do not commit acts of genocide against Palestinians in Gaza in a historic decision. Israel is facing the consequences. Iranian President Ibrahim Raisi met his Turkish counterpart, Recep Tayyip Erdogan, last week and said, we are sure that the victory belongs to Palestine, Judea, and it will be the annihilation of the Zionist regime. The Iranians also confirmed Rothschild agent Ayatollah Khomeini is being replaced the Israeli regime and their brainwashed slave politicians in the U.S. are still calling for an all-out war against Iran. However, Mossad sources admit Iran can completely vaporize all of Israel in 24 hours. Maybe this is the real plan. In a sign of this potential, one of the Houthis' tactical ballistic missiles, undemanding targets as far as such things go, got through the Aegis destroyer Gravely's interceptors. The British fuel tanker operated on behalf of trading giant Trafigura was destroyed after it was struck by a missile as it transited the Red Sea. The British and US navies have now decided they will stop trying to protect Israel-linked ships. There is also revolt continuing inside Israel against the Satanist crime minister Benjamin Netanyahu. Last week, more than 40 senior former Israeli national security officials demanded Netanyahu be removed from office for posing what they say is an existential threat to the country. Now, Joseph Borrell, the European Union's high representative for foreign affairs and security policy, has broken with the official Western line that Hamas is the enemy of Israel. French journalist Thierry Maisson says the problem is, quote, an ideology which in different places and times has done nothing but sow suffering and death. We must open our eyes and no longer accept to mobilize with false flag actions and other lies, end quote. The head of MI6 says the Balfour Declaration calling for the creation of a Jewish state in Judea Palestine, has been declared null and void and that Israel will cease to exist in its present form. Turkish and Iranian officials promised the Jews in Israel will be protected and that only war criminals will face punishment. Speaking about war criminals, Polish intelligence sources inform us. Poland's chief rabbi continues to remain silent about bloody child-sized mattresses found under the Jewish synagogue of the Chabad Lubavitch sect. Meanwhile, more tunnels excavated by Chabad miners were found in New York, a sensation because a nursery was found under an abandoned synagogue. Therefore, the information from the Jewish rabbi that there is an entire, quote, assembly line, end quote, of children's adrenochrome is now fully confirmed. Archaic CRT equipment found there proves that the abducted children were detained there for several dozen years. This is now happening in Poland. Families cannot get their children back because court dates are cancelled and Poland is being turned into a state hostile to religion, says Jerzy Kwasniewski, president of the Ordo-Luris Institute for Legal Culture. There is also an attempted KM Satanist takeover happening in Argentina with President Javier Millet debasing the currency in an attempt to hand over control of the economy to his KM sponsors. The workers' unions have responded with an unprecedented strike in rejection of Millet's anti-popular measures, which it said threatens the life, rights and freedom of the workers and the Argentine people. In an example of the thinking of Millet's WEF bosses, KM Zionist puppet Yuval Horror Harari says human rights are like heaven and like God, just a fictional story that we have invented and spread around. Speaking about fiction, an obviously fake photograph of a Japanese moonlander is a sign the Japanese slave regime paid taxpayer money to the KM by pretending it went to the moon. It is time for regime change in Japan and elsewhere. Bring it on. Now on to the next topic, which is farmers' protest. And this is very underreported in the media. I really struggled to find any decent reports on this when I was searching So I'm going to use um, the Telegraph UK's report, and I must say I'm not really that much of a fan of the Telegraph. And I also found some tweets which are far more indicative of what's really going on in Europe. Um, Enough is enough how Europe's farming protests could spread here, and this was published yesterday. It's happening in France, Holland and Germany. So will it be British farmers blocking roads with tractor blockades next? As protest movements go, it has certainly been eye-catching. Farmers across France have been leading a tractor revolution against what they claim is draconian environmental legislation, red tape and unfair prices. This doesn't really cover the fact that most of these farmers are actually protesting against these draconian net zero measures that the European Parliament is trying to impose on everybody under the direction of the WEF. In Paris, militant activists have blocked off major motorways, targeted Aldi and Lidl and set fire to hay bales in a bid to starve Paris unless the government acts. Meanwhile, in Germany, hundreds of farmers and their tractors have gathered to protest government plans to cut diesel subsidies and tax breaks for agricultural vehicles. And in Holland, tractors have been blockading streets over measures to reduce emissions of nitrogen, a contributor to pollution, causing huge traffic jams. Now it seems the flames of revolt are heading to the UK, Farmers are claiming enough is enough and that our streets will too soon see tractors blockades. The protesters, some of whom are galvanizing support through TikTok videos, say the Ukraine war has led to soaring costs of energy, fuel, fertilizers and animal feed that have crippled their businesses. This, coupled with bad harvests from extreme weather, poor prices from supermarkets, poor trade deals and environmental red tape, has left the industry with no choice but to protest. In Wales, where farming is devolved to the Welsh Government, matters came to a head this week, when roughly a 1,000 farmers met at Welsh Pool Livestock Market in Powys, objecting to Welsh Government policies of the new Sustainable Farming Scheme. Enough is enough. There was a strong consensus to take this forward down to Cardiff, Its protest leader, Wynne Evans, told the BBC they're not listening to rural communities, they're not listening to farming families, they're not listening to farming unions. There's a similar meeting in the South next week and a decision will be made when and what to do down in Cardiff Bay. Set to take effect in 2025, the new scheme will replace EU-era payments worth over £300 million a year to Welsh farms, but it gives financial incentives for farmers to ensure 10% of their land is planted with trees and a further 10% managed as a wildlife habitat. In North Wales, farmer Gareth Wynne-Davies, 53, says the mood at the meeting was desperate and that they were considering next steps. The truth is the government can talk all they want about sustainability, but there simply won't be a future in farming if these draconian measures are continued. We are completely forgotten by the city, where politicians sit in ivory towers drinking almond lattes and tell us how to save the planet. We are a quiet nation, but we need to make sure our voices are heard in a lawful and respectful way. We need the public to know we want to keep producing food for people, but that the government is making us run at a loss. Davies' ancestors have farmed in the Ariri National Park for 375 years, but he claims there is not enough money to employ his son, CR26, on the farm. For the past decade, the business has also had to diversify into running tours showing people how to work sheepdogs and shear sheep so the farm doesn't go into debt. We shouldn't have to do this, he says. We should just be able to grow food and be paid a fair price for it. In England, calls for protests are also mounting. Adam Day, the managing director of the Apolitical Farmer Network, A charity which supports farmers in Cumbria, Northumberland and Yorkshire Dales says action is needed. Every area has its specific challenges, but they are often shared across the country, he says. We see a growing competition for land use. There is money from the government for tree planting, so many tenant farmers are not having their leases renewed as the owners want the land back. Other organisations, such as building firms, are also buying it up to offset emissions and pricing out farmers. He says the resentment has been bubbling since Britain left the European Union. I'm going to move on to Twitter in a minute, but I just wanted to say before I do that, is that there is a lot of resentment in the UK for the fact that the Brexit um, agreement was not fully implemented And the politicians are creating these situations, in many cases, as an excuse to get us back into the EU, which would be an absolute disaster. I bookmark quite a number of tweets because that seems to be about the only reliable source for information about what's happening with these protests. They're in no particular sequence, and I'm not going to go through who is Posting these tweets because that would just take too long. Um, Irish farmers beginning to roll out in full force now. Also reports that farmers and people in Wales are also getting ready to throw their hat in the ring versus Agenda 2030 and the policies designed to replace our farmers and ultimately control what we eat. More than 1,000 tractors have been blocking Germany's largest airport in Frankfurt since this morning. That was earlier today. The operation continues. I stand with farmers. If they fail, we fail. This is serious, folks. The farmers of Europe are in the vanguard of the battle for freedom against an ever more tyrannical globalist establishment. Farmers had enough and they are absolutely right. Brussels' radical green policies treat them as scapegoats. This cannot go on. Let the voice of the people be heard. Not only in Germany and Austria are the farmers demonstrating, but in France too. The farmers' protests continue against high EU regulations. What is the EU Commission waiting for until all farmers in the EU are out on the streets? update France farmers and taxi drivers heading towards Paris for a total siege of the French capital. Brussels angry European farmers besiege politicians locked in the EU headquarters in Brussels. Patience has run out. Greek farmers gather in protest in the centre of the nation's second biggest city of Thessalonica. They are unhappy with lack of government action over skyrocketing costs and falling incomes. Huge. The European Parliament is under siege by farmers as protests are intensified. PM Victor Orban met with the protesting farmers in Brussels and promised them to stand up for the voice of the people. Did you see any other European leader doing this? United Farmer Revolution, European farmers are rising up. The revolution will not be televised. Keep sharing. Urgent France, the A13 motorway towards Paris is completely blocked by taxes, which support the farmers in their attempt of a siege of the French capital today. Greek Farmers on the Streets. French and Belgian farmers are now jointly blocking the Franco-Belgian border this evening between Sedan and Bouillon. France is concerned about the escalating farmers' protests with around 9,000 participants blocking highways, demonstrations spreading further and anticipate the blockades to persist for at least five days. Dublin as well. Breaking the European Parliament is under siege by farmers as protests are intensified. Belgian farmers joined European farmers protesting against the green taxes and the many assaults on their industry by the EU and governments at home. Italian farmers out in force today. Surprise blocking of motorway Spain, France, A9 near Bulu by trucks. This is an action organised independently of agriculture. Dissatisfaction with government policy exists in all sectors, not just among farmers. 2020-30 agenda. Farmers' protests are spreading across the world. More protests in Italy. And lastly, Christine Anderson, who is a real heroine in the EU. She's uh, an MEP from Germany. She tweeted, honking manure and burning barricades. The farmers in Brussels are furious, blocking the roads to the EU summit. My full solidarity goes to the farmers fighting for their very existence. And also English farmers are getting together to organize their protest. So this is a fantastic show of the people against the government's who are trying to impose these crazy, scammy, uh, net zero policies. And it just shows that the power of the people standing up can win against these globalists and their demonic agenda. I'm now moving on to my topic, Who Knew?, And in this case, WHO refers to the World Health Organization. And there was some whining going on at the WEF uh, Davos event. Slay News reports WHO lies and conspiracy theories are derailing globalist agenda. My response to that is tough shit. Um, The head of the World Health Organization WHO has warned globalists that lies and conspiracy theories are derailing the agenda of unelected bureaucratic power elites. WHO director General Tedros Adamon Ghebreyesus issued the warning during a press conference where he called on world leaders to rein in the free speech on the general public. Tedros complained to his allies that they are losing the information war because critics are exposing their globalist agenda. The WHO chief said the United Nations Health Agency is struggling to achieve its goal of ushering in Marxist equity because opposition to their policies is being shared online. Advancing the agenda of the WHO, the UN and the World Economic Forum, WEF, is not easy because the public is able to access fake news, lies and conspiracy theories, Tedros warns. Tedros went on to respond to warnings that sovereign countries will surrender their authority to the UN if they sign the WHO's global pandemic treaty. He deceitfully claims the concept of the WHO taking over the sovereignty of nations by imposing lockdowns or vaccine mandates is fake news, lies and conspiracy theories and completely false. The agreement will give WHO no such powers, he added. Dr Tedros continued, saying they cannot allow this historic agreement to be sabotaged by those who spread lies. He then called on support from WHO member nations in countering the lies. As Slay News has tirelessly reported, the WHO's proposed pandemic treaty and the amendments to the International Health Regulations, IHR, give the globalist organisation sweeping new powers that override the laws of sovereign nations. On the subject of the WHO, I'm now going to share this other interesting article from Dr. Tess Laurie on Substack. And although it directly relates to the UK, it could set a precedent for all other nations who are members of the WHO. It was published on January 29th, and it's titled, Is the UK Unlawfully a Member of Who? A summary of what you need to know. A shocking but hopeful discovery. If those controlling the World Health Organization get their way, the United Kingdom and other member states will soon be subject to medical and political tyranny under amendments to the International Health Regulations 2005, IHR, and the so-called Pandemic Treaty. To date, citizen efforts to oppose these developments have been ignored, but suddenly it appears that there is hope. New research has revealed that the UK is unlawfully part of WHO. Based on this discovery, a group known as the People's Lawyers are launching a legal action for an injunction to reject the IHR and proposed amendments, any pandemic treaty and all dictates from WHO both now and in the future. They are also seeking to halt UK government funding of WHO and related organisations and to have the UK exit WHO on the basis that its membership has been unlawful from the start. How did this situation arise? The fundamental concern is that significant fraud was committed during the establishment of WHO. Documents, including diary entries, prove that the official story is a highly sanitised version of the actual events. Here are the essential points that illustrate the fraudulent nature of WHO's origins and give hope that this may aid the UK's withdrawal. The official story states that in April 1945, during the conference to set up the United Nations held in San Francisco, representatives of Brazil and China proposed that an international health organisation be established and a conference to frame its constitution convened. In fact, this was not a spontaneous proposal from two nations. Instead, the two doctors who brought the proposal, Dr. Souza from Brazil and Dr. Z, a Chinese-American, worked together at the United Nations Relief and Rehabilitation Administration, UNRRA, in Washington, D.C., and were collaborating with the U.S. government and the Rockefeller Foundation, RF, to engineer Hu's establishment. Dr. Z wrote the documents claimed to be from the Chinese and Brazilian governments regarding their desires for an international health organization. And both doctors worked hard to convince the Brazilian and Chinese delegates to cooperate. Dr. Z also drafted a resolution from the San Francisco Conference and took this to Washington, D.C., where Rockefeller-influenced officials approved it as a health interim commission. This mechanism, first used to create the Food and Agriculture Organization in 1943, allowed an organization to be set up exactly as required. People who had not been involved in the expert proceedings were unable to change things later. Thus, who was set up by Stealth? without notification or participation of potential member states. The role of the Rockefeller Foundation, which has quietly steered the global public health agenda for over a century, cannot be underestimated. Since it was founded in 1913, it has been a major funder of public health research, policy, implementation and education around the world. While it is a philanthropic body, This level of investment garners a great deal of geopolitical power and influence. Indeed, the progenitor of WHO, the League of Nations Health Organization, LNHO, founded after World War I, was modelled on the RF's own International Health Division, established 1927, and the RF was its major patron. The UN Economic and Social Council, ESC, called for an international health conference in New York, 19th of June to 22nd of July 1946, to establish WHO. This proved to be a rubber stamping exercise, as prior to the conference, the WHO Technical Preparatory Committee, comprising members with links to the RF, including Sousa and Z, as well as U.S. government representatives, had finalized the proposed WHO constitution. This constitution was essentially forced on the delegates. They assumed that it would be properly considered and ratified and that it could be rejected by their own governments. But this did not happen. In the UK, there was no attempt to review or ratify the document. On 22nd of July, 1946, it was signed by representatives of 61 nations. While this would seem to be the date of the establishment of WHO, the Constitution only came into force in 1948 after 26 nations had ratified it. The Interim Commission remained in force for two more years until it was succeeded by WHO on 31st of August 1948. Mystery surrounds the involvement of the UK in the establishment of WHO. The official parliamentary record, Hansard, makes no mention during May 1946 of the UK signing up to a World Health Organization shortly after the UN ESC meeting in New York. While the official UN attendance list states that the minister in charge of the UK delegation was Hector McNeil. Hansard records him speaking in Parliament on the same day, so he could not have been present in New York. Very few MPs, not even the health minister, knew about the International Health Conference or the signing of the WHO constitution. It is highly irregular that the UK was not required to ratify its membership and that Cabinet neither discussed nor agreed to this international agreement. At the end of the International Health Conference, the WHO constitution was signed by two government advisers – Dr Mackenzie and Mr Yates, on behalf of the UK. No UK minister was present and the UK's chief medical officer, Sir Wilson Jameson, who attended the conference, was not a signatory. It is unconscionable that such an important agreement could have been signed without Parliament even being aware of the process and without any senior members of the government being present. There are even questions as to the legality of the original signed constitution as many of the signatures were just squiggles and the printed names and positions of the signatories which are required on a legally binding document were missing. One of the reasons for the establishment of WHO was to take over the functions of UNRRA a body with a limited lifespan but massive public health powers. In 1944, it had imposed international sanitary conventions on the entire world and had the power to mandate vaccination of anyone they chose. Another organisation that was incorporated into WHO in 1946 was the LNHO. With all its staff being transferred to WHO, the new organisation incorporated much of LNHO's sinister past – including a history of Nazi and fascist collaboration during World War II, promotion of eugenics, population control and sterilization in its policies, and control by Rockefeller and Big Pharma interests. Time for legal action. Whose current desperate power grab clearly has a long history, even before the signing of whose constitution in 1946 Its progenitor organisations were already using public health as a means of expanding global control. The UK's people and parliament were bypassed and deceived when WHO was created and have continued to be deceived by the unlawful nature of the UK's membership of WHO for the past 77 years. But now this immense fraud has been exposed and the legal challenge must follow. Considering the above, the People's Lawyers assert that the UK was unlawfully signed up to the WHO constitution. It is therefore not legitimately a WHO member state and should not be subject to the International Health Regulations 2005, their recent amendments or any pandemic treaty. The UK should not be subject to any dictates from WHO, nor should it have to make any further financial contributions to WHO or any associated organisations. Past contributions to WHO should now be refunded as WHO knowingly allowed unelected advisers to unlawfully sign the constitution and this without ratification. Recognising the depth of the fraud, other alleged WHO member states should now also examine how they ended up as part of WHO without a referendum or even in some cases ratification. It is time for the people to hold WHO to account. Thanks to the people's lawyers, there is now evidence we can use to dismantle this discredited organisation. You can take action. There is a petition to end the UK's membership of the World Health Organisation. It's a parliamentary petition, which I've already signed, pledged to help to support the people's lawyers in their case to reject and exit the WHO which I've also supported, I have to say. So it's another example of rising up against these awful, evil, um, globalist organisations. So I'm hoping that the people's lawyers actually are successful in their case. I'm going to finish with a short article from Starseed Astrology, and their astrology is just awesome, The astrologer is Salvador Russo, and he's a great Trump supporter, and he does some incredible readings on political subjects and also on political figures and how the astrology is likely to impact them. And this is Neptune Transits Aries World Predictions, Our battle-stricken world rapidly approaches the profound entry of Neptune into Aries, a generational transit change that will create a baptism-by-fire effect upon us all. The magical nature of the cosmos will become extremely evident from February of 2026 forward because Neptune will advance a great new work of spiritual revelation that will transform the entire world for the better – and in ways that conclusively cement victory to the forces of heaven on earth. The first major world prediction that I offer is this. Spirit forms will become increasingly and profoundly evident in the flesh when Neptune begins to transit Aries, and especially upon Saturn's titanic conjunction to Neptune, which begins on February 13th of 2026. This means that demonic humans will be seen physically for what they are spiritually. There will be no physical disguises moving forward. Flesh will show the spirit and the world will transform from it. Spiritual warfare is a reality that will become much more profound when we all begin to see flesh reflecting spirit in ways that will be both divine and absolutely wretched. Those who serve Satan will be seen for what they truly are and those who serve God and Christ will be blessed in the flesh in beautiful, glorious and miraculous ways that defy current paradigms of scientific understanding. Devils won't be able to disguise themselves as they have in times past to their ruin. This is the first major Neptune in Aries world prediction that I have to offer I will periodically update this article with additional world predictions, transit insights and wise guidance for readers to benefit from. Know with certainty that from 2026 forward, God will force our internal spiritual state into our physical appearance in ways that will blow our minds. New vision for the spiritual war is one of the first missions of Neptune in Aries. Get ready and get right with God. There is also a very interesting uh, message from Matthew again. It's sent out every month and it's channeled by his mother Susie. I'm not going to share that in this show, A, because I've run out of time almost, but also it's a regular thing to be um, shared on the Say What show at the beginning of the month. So I'm going to leave it to Say What to share that and I'll be there this evening as well. I hope you're as encouraged as I am to see the people rising up across the world against these globalists and their evil plan for us all, most of whom would be dead by the time they'd finished because they only want 500 million out of the 7 billion or however many it is now to be still alive, to be their slaves. Um, And there's also some good news about all the lawfare against Trump. Brian Cates writes, here's your helpful reminder that if they had anything real on Trump, you'd have seen it years ago. I'm jumping down quite a bit because I haven't got time for the whole thing. He says if they had anything real to destroy Trump with, you'd have seen it long ago, years ago. That's why all the recent lawfare being tried against Trump would be comically farcical if it wasn't the ever-increasing and blatantly in-your-face election interference that it is. All you had to do to understand that Trump was in no danger at all from DEI hire Fannie Willis in Fulton County, Georgia, was read through the patently on-its-face absurd RICO indictment she filed against Trump and 18 others. If you've been paying attention, then you already know we're at the boomerang stage of this farce in Fulton County. Trump was never in any danger there at all. They're talking up this deranged Judge Arthur Engoron, is about to single-handedly take down Trump's entire real estate empire with a massive fine. They're talking up the huge $83 million defamation judgment Trump was hit with by the jury in the E. Jean Carroll show trial. None of this is real. It's all a farce and all these verdicts will be reversed on appeal. It's bad theatre being put on by desperate failing people now that everything else they've tried to destroy Trump and stop him over the past eight years hasn't worked. Look guys, me and my prosecution team, we tried really hard, okay? We honestly did. We looked everywhere to find something that could stop Trump and we couldn't do it. Sorry. Trust me on this, they got so desperate to find something, anything real, to hit Trump with back in the days of the Robert Mueller Special Counsel that they ended up going through the long-deceased Fred Trump's estate taxes trying to see if they could find something. They couldn't. I know the TDS out there is strong. Some people just can't quite believe this, but it's true. Donald J. Trump is the most investigated presidential candidate in history. This was true before he became president for that first term in January 2017. They went scorched earth from 2015 to 2017, trying to find anything from his past to use against him. They found nothing. Why do you think they ended up inventing the Trump-Russia collusion hoax? They did that for fun? Hell no, they had to resort to fakery and fraud because they couldn't find anything real. Trump is the cleanest, most honest and crime-free president we've ever had in modern times, with the possible exception of Ronald Reagan. We're getting the kangaroo show trials because they can't hold real trials. It's all about the election and it's not working. Trump's numbers will keep going up. Nothing can stop him. Ain't life grand. So I hope you're seeing all this in a positive light. I certainly am. You know, I have talked about the great reveal and this year being the great rebound, and I think we're seeing more and more evidence that that's exactly what's happening, and we're only just at the beginning of February, so (laughs) I don't know what's going to happen for the rest of the year, but if the momentum continues, it's going to be monumental, and of course, there's the presidential election this year in November, so... Wow, who knows what's going to happen? I just find it really exciting and I'm so glad to be here watching all of this play out. I know sometimes it can be a bit overwhelming with all this different news, um, not the fake news because I don't look at that, but some of the alternative news um, telling all these stories. But ultimately, I think, as I often say, we have to keep our eye on the prize We're master manifestors through the collective consciousness, so we just have to believe that the vision of the world that we want to see is actually in the process of being manifested. That's certainly the unshakable belief that I have, and I hope you'll join me in that. So that's about all I have time for this week. I'd like to thank you for listening and remind you that you can find me at the successalchemist.net and go and take a look at my free information on there, blog posts and so on. And I'm just about to announce my app that has been uh, accepted on the Google Play Store and on Apple. I'm just putting the finishing touches to it before I promote it. But that's going to be another platform that I'm going to be using to spread a lot of information about uh, mindset, manifestation, mindfulness, and lots of other things related to your personal empowerment. So I'll share that um, when I've got everything finalized and sorted out. And don't forget to take a look at all the useful articles on my website as well under the blog section so that's all i have time for as i said thank you to nancy for producing and to derek condit for sponsoring cosmic reality radio you can find lots of shungite products and metaphysical goodies at his website mysticalwares.com so i hope you'll join me again next week and until then stay well be safe um, bye for now. You have been listening to Cosmic Creating with Jan Shaw, updating Current Reality, a production of CosmicReality.com.